Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Craig. Hey, how about them sounders? <laughs> I know we're recording this a little bit later than normal because we watched the end of the sounders match. I'd like to say uh, sorry to my friend. Uh, uh, what's his handle? Twitter? Green CPA, right? Brian. Yeah. My buddy, Brian. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you're still tied with us at the top of the table and we've got a game in hand. So my bad. Just imagine how that game would have gone if we had Rui Diaz. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he'll probably so, say, "Just imagine how it goes." Welcome, we Sebastian Blanco. But. Welcome to Nos Adietes, <laughs> a Sounders podcast for Cougar fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, um, we can also talk about. Let's see, Dortmund lost in the Champions League, but Tottenham kicked ass today in the Europa. In the Europa League, League. yeah, Europa like, football. Yeah, really equal equal match right there. <laughs> <laughs> Feel great about it. Feel great yeah. they didn't lose. Yeah. Um, so this is Podcast versus Everyone, a WSU Cougars podcast. Wait, what? Am I on the right show? I don't know. What are we doing? But are- yeah, let's, we're going to talk about our teams, the Sounders. <laughs> hey, hey, let me throw it back. The Rain finally got a win in their last match oh, of, the, of the year. That, that was, was awesome. Nice. That was nice. Man. They, they've had... They they've had a bit of a rough go of it for sure. It's it's hard when you you know you don't have your best player all season. That makes it hard. And she hasn't played for like two and, years. Yeah, she's like kind and of they, unofficially, and officially, unofficially retired. Or your something. other one of your other best players who missed all of last year is now on loan. Yeah, to you know it's whatever Europe yeah. to the parent like, club, like, like many of the good players from yeah NWSL, um, yeah. which I can't blame them. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else? Um, I'm Craig Powers. With me yes, you are. is Jeff Neusser. Hey, that's me. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty united mm. today with you, Jeff. Yeah, you are. We all are, right? So it is, uh, it is our United Campaign Week, or it, definitely not Unit 3D Week, but United Week with a three in there. See how we did that? Yeah. Um, the three is an E. Yeah, the three is an E, except backwards, right? Yes. Get it? Get it? Does everybody get it now? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's our United for Holinsky's Hope Week. Um, this is the week when uh, we team up with Kugfan.com and also with Butte Brand, and, uh, which you would find at ButteBrand.com, um, run by and, and co-owned by our, our good friend Britton Ransford, who uh, used to write for Coog Center and... Uh, doesn't anymore, but is definitely still a good friend and near and dear to our, our website and everything else. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're, you know, once again, selling t-shirts and hoodies, uh, to raise money for, uh, Halinsky's hope. Um, hence the three. And we came up with the United thing a couple of years ago thinking, um, and, and this was actually the brainchild of, um, of me and, uh, Greg Witter, one of the co-founders of Kugfan, um, he and I had have become friends and, you know, we're chatting and we were, you know, we had become friendly with the Helinskis and, you know, we were just like, man, we got to do something for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, Helinski's hope. And so Greg and I, we kind of kicked around some ideas and we said, you know, what if we, what if our websites, you know, teamed up and, and did some kind of, 
campaign. And, and so we, uh, you know, we found a website that does shirts, you know, basically does uh, custom shirts for, for uh, uh, you know, charitable causes. And, and we raised a bunch of money that first year. And then last year, and, and uh, Britain did the design for it at the time, although we didn't do, um, I, don't, I don't even know if Butte brand existed yet or if it was like kind of in its infancy or yeah. something. I don't so, think it did. I don't, yeah. Britain so know. last year, then I uh, talked to Britain again, and he was like, hey, you know, I was thinking about the idea of uh, involving Butte brand in this. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's awesome. Um, so so he, so he, we, we did it through Butte brand with their lovely, comfortable shirts and, and hoodies. Yeah, there. much more high quality oh, than that. The, uh, it's the, it's like the, the, the really service. nice, like, tri-blend T-shirt, right? Nice and soft. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this, like, French Terry hoodie. Like, oh, it sounds just like I know Sarah lovely. I, I didn't because I'm always leery of hoodies that I don't know. Like I always feel like I have to try on a hoodie before I order one because yeah. the way my body we'll just we'll just say that hoodies are are sort of a constant you know give and take. Well, I'll, I'll say in in your defense, like I uh, I I picked up a I, they had some like polyester. I love polyester hoodies, and they had a crack like a Kraken hoodie for a good deal, obviously yeah, at Costco because they don't shrink, man. Yeah, I know. I that's only I like buy them. those kinds of hoodies these days. Well, I just like the way they feel too. But yeah. um, but so they don't shrink, and and uh, uh, but so I bought one of those, and and I got it home. Extra large is usually my size and hoodie. That's usually long enough for my arms and stuff. Man, it's too short, and uh, I got to take yeah. it back. <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm usually the the non polyester hoodies are all, I'm pretty much always big enough for my arms. That's what I'm mostly yeah. worried about, you know, yeah. as a tall person. Yep. But yeah, I got I picked up the you know the South Carolina colored hoodie, yeah. the black the yeah. black one, and then a yep. and, and a gray uh, WSU colored shirt. I think it's cool. They have the South Carolina colors, obviously. Um, South Carolina has embraced uh, Helinski, the Helinskis and Helinski Hope. Um, yeah. We saw them do the really cool, uh, the three um, in between the third and fourth quarter last year, or was it halftime? I can't remember. But like it, their fans have embraced that, and so it's cool that they're offering um, the South Carolina colors. And and I love yeah. a black hoodie always, so I, I went for that one. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. You know, I I was excited when Britain took it over because it's just like the gear is better. Um, yes, I mean yes, it's it and it's for roughly the same price that we were charging the other, uh, the uh, the original one. Yep. and and you know we're getting the same amount of uh, donation back to the Linskys and yep, and uh, yeah, it's 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 great and uh, makes me feel good um, about what we do uh, that we can be a part of that in some way. Yeah, so it's fantastic. Um, so the shirts uh, again. Uh, I'll throw the link in the in the show notes and and also at uh, if you happen to find this episode on Coog Center you'll you'll find it there as well. We, we've kind of got it plastered all over the site right now, but um, so the t-shirts are going for thirty dollars and three cents. Get it? Thirty. Yep. Oh three. Thirty dollars and three cents. Uh, the hoodies are forty five dollars and three cents, and every item that you buy of United Gear ten dollars goes back to Helensky's Hope. So it's not just ten dollars per order, it's actually ten dollars per item. So for example, in my family we ordered five because I bought a t shirt for me, a hoodie for my wife, a t shirt for each of my children. That's five items. Fifty dollars went back to Helensky's Hope. And so that that's how that works. Um and then also Butte brand will donate two dollars from any other Butte brand purchases. Uh, that you have at the same time as that. So if you want to, you know, pick up some other gear uh, at the same time, 
Some nice you hats. Can, you can. You know, nice so, hats. I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you legitimately, you know this because you've seen me wear the hat. Like, like I have a Butte brand hat that is one of my favorite hats, and I wear it all the time because it's, like, super comfortable and it looks pretty nice. And um, it goes with most anything because it's kind of red, white, and blue. Like, it's uh, it's got a got a blue bill and a red. Or maybe it's a red bill. Red bill, blue uh, blue kind of crown and then white mesh in the back. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's a handsome hat, man. So, uh, so yeah, any of that stuff you buy is $2 good gear. Um, and it's, you know, Kug owned, which is always a good thing as well. Um, so stock up on, on some of that cool stuff and, uh, you know, all, yeah, I got, all that money is going to go back to Helensky's hope. I got mine. I got that, uh, that Alpine orange and blue one that's oh, similar yeah. to your hat yeah, yeah. for, uh, for my, uh, I guess I'll just say my brother-in-law and, um, uh, he's been doing it because he's doing a van trip where they're going to all national parks. So, uh, he's, he's, I was like, dude, you can wear this. I, I know like Britain loves when people wear their gear when they're out in like nature. So yep. he's been, uh, he's been doing that and he's literally like that, that, that leather patch is like worn down, like where you have to like take, you have to like wipe it down to see, like see the logo again. So he's, fantastic. he's gotten good use out of it. So yeah, good, good hats, comfy hats. I have. I have one that I don't I don't see on here anymore, so yeah. I, I get the limited edition, you know. So then, as of our recording, we are um, up over nineteen hundred dollars raised of a five thousand dollar goal. Um, so that's kind of that's where we're at. So if you haven't yet um, supported uh, the United campaign with with a purchase of a shirt or a hoodie, um, go ahead and go do that. That'd be awesome. If you're seriously just like, I don't need another shirt or a hoodie. Okay. Totally understood. Uh, if you go to the Kook center website and find, um, the, the post, there's a link there to, uh, donate directly to, to Helensky's hope. So if you do that, um, send us an email either to the podcast email, or you can send it to kookcenter at gmail.com. Either one, let us know if you donated so that we can add that to the total, of how much we've raised one person already did that so somebody sent me an email said they donated 133 dollars and wanted me to add that to the total Very so nice. yeah it was super super cool so that's all available to you if you're still not convinced well guess what guess what craig you can probably guess um i'm guessing you have someone that can maybe convince them yeah, I have someone that might be able to convince you. So uh, before Craig and I started recording here, I was able to uh, get Mark Kalinsky on the line and interview him uh, for about 30 minutes talking about uh, uh, United, but also Halinsky's hope and, and the things they're doing and um, where your money's going and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get to that interview in just a sec. Um, but yeah, if you're if you were not uh, if, if you were sort of on the fence, like. I don't know, man, I bought a t-shirt last year. Should I buy another one this year? Or you're like, I don't know. I donated the first year. Isn't that enough? Um, after you listen to Mark, um, you will probably feel like a bad person if you don't buy a t-shirt or donate. I'm just, I'm just going to be very honest. Not that that's what Mark was trying to make you feel like. Cause Mark is legitimately one of the nicest people on the planet. And he certainly would not want to make you feel that way. But I am going to tell you that you will probably feel that way. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard it, uh, but I believe you. Um, I've seen. I've I wasn't seen... trying to set you up for that. Yeah, I. <laughs> I wasn't trying to put you on the spot there, buddy. But yeah, obviously, I've, we. I'm, I'm. I'm sure many of our listeners have, have seen Mark on ESPN and yeah, in other places. So, uh, but uh, this will be 30 minutes just um, of, of just him um, yeah. chatting, um, telling his story, which. Maybe you've heard, but maybe you haven't heard it directly from him. So 
Yeah. And, and not only that, but, um, part of what we touch on in the interview is like just what they've been able to accomplish over the last couple of years and just how much the foundation has grown. Um, and so that, that was kind of the part that I really wanted to, uh, I really kind of wanted to drive home, not, not really drive home. That's, that's too strong, but just, I really wanted to make sure people heard, um, was that like, like they're, like they're doing stuff like they're not, um, you know, they haven't just collected money and, kind of tried to figure things out um you know they are they are legitimately doing stuff and it's awesome and it's really really cool um to hear mark talk about it directly so with that should we should we get should we get on to that interview yeah let's do that okay all right i'm here with mark kalinsky uh father of tyler and also ryan and kelly and uh uh, one of the people working on Holinsky's Hope, along with his wife, Kim, and Mark. What's up? How you doing? Jeff, great to see you. Great to hear from you. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm helping uh, the um, the brains behind Holinsky's Hope. There's no question. Kim, <laughs> I wish she could be here. Her, her her battery sort of runs down around 10 o'clock. So we're, yeah, yeah I know she's, she's the early riser out of the two of you for oh, sure. No question. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, I, and then she just, you know, she goes so hard, so hard, so hard. And then, and then it's, and then it's done. So exactly, I, well, I know nice how that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of that way too. Like that's, that's why I drink eight cups yeah. of coffee. So anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's that? Or a growler of, uh, of the new brew that, uh, that was so good. I, I didn't get to hear how that, uh, that turned out. I was, I was following up, um, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I should know the the brewery. They created one for um, instead of the uh, uh, what is it? The Maple Valley Open. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Georgetown. Tournament. Georgetown. Yeah. Sorry, Georgetown yeah, yeah. Brewery. Yeah. Yep. The the guys are awesome, and uh, they it, are it looks like they were having so much fun. Yeah, we've talked about them on the podcast a bunch of times because. Um, so as you know, Tristan is a cancer survivor and one of the, um, one of the foundations that they work with is the good times project, which is a, um, a a foundation for helping kids who have cancer and cancer survivors. And, um, it's summer camp is kind of their big deal, but they do a whole bunch of other stuff too. And, um, so yeah, so Georgetown does, uh, does a beer for them every year where the proceeds go to support good times and, and of course, Georgetown was super huge when Pearl Jam was out here a couple of years ago. Did a special, a special beer, which is actually a really, really good beer, oh, and wow. uh, raised a ton of money for homelessness in Seattle. So yeah, Georgetown does some; they do some really, really, really cool stuff, including supporting Holinsky's Hope through uh, Ian Furness's uh, Mayor of Maple Valley Open. Um, and you guys are God. It's like. I, every time that I, I kind of, and of course I follow Holinsky soap on Twitter and, and I, you know, talk with you and Kim periodically and, and, you know, just yeah. kind of, but it's like, I, I am constantly amazed by, you know, how much um, you guys have accomplished in such a short amount of time and including, I guess, most recently um, three day and, and the mental health awareness week and all that stuff. Um, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about that, that the, the three day, the mental health awareness week, the, all the reach that you guys got with that and all the traction that you got. Cause, um, it's, it's a fairly incredible, uh, a fairly incredible thing that you guys got off the ground. Uh, you're, I mean, you're, as always, you're very kind. And, um, 
you know, uh, as we've talked many times, this is uh, this is only possible with the support um, of of you know the guys that started with us early on in, in the Pacific Northwest and you know Coug fans and UW fans alike. You know, uh, down to Oregon and <clears throat> out to the middle of the country. I mean, it's been um, it's been just a real honor to to work on their behalf, and I, I think that's how we we think about it. It's always for Tyler and it's always for our student athletes. And, um, it is a lot of work and it's, uh, it's very gratifying. We wish, you know, somebody else were doing it for a different reason and all of that. But at the same time, we're, you know, we're sort of blessed to, to be able to make a, a difference. And that's, that's what we always wanted to do and try to prevent anybody from suffering in silence. So yeah, the, the, you know, it's, um, and Jeff, you know me too well, but all these things are long stories. But the sh the short version of of three day and, and college football mental health week um, really was we had this young guy, um, young man up in Toronto, Canada, who was a college football fanatic, and he he was a, happened to be a Gamecock fan of all things, a South Carolina Gamecock, Gamecock fan, and so he would send little edits. You know, they, these kids are so good with technology and. They do these cutups, and he was sending a couple to Ryan, and Ryan gets a lot of that stuff, particularly last year. Um, but you know, right as the as COVID was start starting to happen, Ryan sent me one. He said, "Dad, you got to look at this. This guy, he's really good." And then what he did is he basically he's the he's the thought process behind three day. He wanted to, he said, "You know, I'd what I'd really love to do is get a video out there that shows." the team's putting a, a giant three on one side of their helmet. And so everybody knows we're thinking about Tyler and we're thinking about, um, you know, our student athletes and, and what they might be suffering from and knock down the stigma. I mean, he was just on it. And so he sent us this thing and, you know, to speed up the story, we took that and, and it, that great idea. We polished up the video. We got Jen Lotta from ESPN to do the voiceover and she's just, adorable and smart and, and so good at what she does, but just extremely generous. Um, and she was part of the Holinsky Hope feature for E60. And she, you know, that was her, one of her deals. She's the one, in fact, she and um, uh, Russell won the, Denalio won the um, the Emmy for that that feature. So she's done a lot of great stuff for Holinsky's Hope. So we, we really were, we were excited about that. You know, we said, well, what, what really could we do? And what happened, Jeff, is we it was really geared towards October 3rd, right? The beginning of the week before and, and NAMI and some other groups, you know, sort of everybody has a week or a day that, that's sort of spoken for. And we were sort of claiming three day. And the problem was we said, we don't want to do it once. We want to do it all the time. And so the numbers didn't line up, you know, as, as the calendar changes and stuff. So we kind of got really bold and said, I'm going to say, I said, I'm going I'm to send this letter to the athletic directors. I'm going to start in the SEC. And if it falls on deaf ears, that's okay. You know, we'll do three day. It'll be great. Well, we asked them to participate by participating. You put a, you know, one of the, uh, the emblems on the back of the helmet, the, the decals very much like uh, cancer awareness, um, was and is, you know, the, you saw Dion Sanders with his pink socks and, and sweatbands and, and mouthpieces and stuff. Um, so this is lime green for mental health awareness. So we did that and, and we, we started something here uh, that's now spread across the country, which is raising three fingers in the stands at football games 
right after the kickoff in the second half, so the, before the first play of the third quarter, uh, first offensive play, and they take about 10 seconds and stand up. And so Kim loves to say it's the loudest silence, you know, she's ever heard. And and, and that's representing, yes, it's it's great for Tyler and, and Ryan's wearing number three too, but it's really the message is for everybody watching, everybody in the stands, the kids on the field, the coaches on the sidelines. Uh, we're here for you. You know, we get it. We know this is hard. We know that some of you are struggling and this entire stadium is taking 10 seconds to acknowledge that. And so we, we sent this letter out to the athletic director and said, we, here's what we want you to do. Do one of those things. Do something like that. Just let's let's stake a claim for college. We love college football. We think college football is awesome. And we think you guys should get credit for a lot of the work you're doing. And Jeff, I got eight or 10 or whatever it was within a first week, they were just unequivocal. We're in, period. We'll figure out the details. We're in, go do you. We love Holinsky. So that kind of response. And that was so touching at the time. We just, I mean, from this would have been April, May, we've kind of been nonstop on that until we, we were able to kick it off on the third and run it through the 10th of October. So thank you for asking about it. And it, it was really, uh, it was really a grassroots deal that that turned out to be we have all the numbers you know so how you measure things that over three or four million impressions and you know over a million dollars in ad uh, uh ad spend equivalency you know how they they yeah. try you you know all that stuff but yeah. so so the reach was great the the response was great and then the schools that participated really and then i'll shut up but the schools that participated <laughs> what was really encouraging is not only did they do the, you know, sort of the minimum things we'd asked or suggested, they did way more, right? They, they created their own PSAs, they used our PSAs, they, they created training programs and, and other things. And they made just a giant deal about it on campus and brought resources to bear for their student athletes. And we just, you know, with it, with a, you know, with a, with a very quick tear, we, uh, we smiled and, and thought, well, that's, you know, these are some fabulous people doing this stuff. And so we were excited. We measured the success of college football mental health awareness 2020 by whether we could do it in 21. And we, we just announced that and we're really excited to do it again next year. I think one of like the really cool things about what you guys do and, and you touched on that there is that, you know, raising awareness obviously is an important piece. I mean, and the fact that, you know, I, I think just about every game that I watched that day, um, especially the third, um, and also again on the 10th, but mostly on the third, um, I think every broadcast mentioned it at some point as well, mm. that it was, you know, college football, mental health, you know, week. And, you know, the, they show close-ups of the stickers and I was just like, wow, that's like, that's amazing. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's also a tendency, I think with a lot of, uh, and it's not like to, to, to throw shade on anybody or anything else. I'm, I'm not trying to be yeah. critical, but sometimes sort of awareness is where it ends. Um, yeah. and it's like, Hey, look at our ribbon. Okay. You know, and then, and that's kind of the end of it. And, and so, you know, one of the things that, that you touched on there was that, you know, some of these campuses really kind of put things into action even one step further. And I know that like for you guys, when, when we're, you know, raising money to, to support you guys like we are right now with Coog Center and Coog Fan and Butte Brand. And we're working to, you know, sell t-shirts and hoodies and solicit donations and all this stuff to support Holinsky's Hope. 
And, you know, sometimes people can kind of be like, you know, ah, where's my money really going? And, mm. and one of the things I know about you guys is that like, it, it, like you're not, yes, awareness is important, but that's, that's definitely not where it ends. And when we talk about, you know, where this money's going, um, it's really being invested into, into actionable items, things that really do, um, put in place, uh, processes and procedures and people and staff and trainings and all kinds of stuff that legitimately um, can change people's lives. Well, you, you bring up a bunch of good points. Let, let me see if I can unpack some of that stuff. This <laughs> I know I talk too much, man. No, no, I you know, it's, it's, I, I enjoy it. You're, you're a smart guy and, and you, uh, you, you really, there's a bunch of really important points in there. Let me, let me start at the beginning. The, um, so awareness and I, I would awareness and stigma reduction are sort of in nearly in the same bucket. Um, and when when we started this, the first thing we wanted to do was to go out and solve the problem. We didn't want another kid to die by suicide, period. And it's ambitious and it's it's a great it, a lot of people think that way. Um, but if you think about if you compare it to physical illnesses and surgeries and orthopedic, you know, um, uh, maladies and so forth. It, you don't start by, you know, cutting the leg open and looking for the problem. You know, you, what do you do? You get an appointment, you get your temperature taken and your weight and, and height, you get x-rays or MRIs and stuff. And surgery is really the last thing. And, and if you take that analogy a little bit to mental health, the work that that's required in, in many cases, the, the really important work that you're referring to, and I'll talk about Alinsky's Hope game day in a second, um, is when the student athlete is talking to a counselor or a student athlete is talking to a doctor or a student athlete is talking to their family or friends um, about what they're what they're going through right that's where that's where it starts that's the that's the first step that Tyler never took you know just to personalize it Tyler never took so awareness um, and, and I couldn't agree with you more awareness feels like um, you know sort of the the ante, you know, you, well, yeah, you got to talk about it. So, but it, it's been made aware. Uh, we've been aware of this for a long time, but it's, it comes out this way. Mr. Linsky, we appreciate you guys coming out. We love the story. We love Tyler. We knew Tyler or, or people like Tyler. And, uh, but the thing is, if my coach doesn't agree that mental illness is even real, nothing's going to change. Right. And, and we've heard that version of that story. And it can be I can replace coach with university, with athletic director, with parents or whatever. And so awareness is is actually much more critical than I even thought. Stigma reduction mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. is equally or more so important because if you have all the resources and some of these schools are, as you mentioned, are, are stacked. I mean, they are doing some of the most amazing work. But if the kids don't avail themselves to that or we can't find the kids that are, that are unable, you know, brains are breaking out there. They're mm -hmm. unable to ask for the help or get the help. Then it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of car you're driving over there, or how many resources and how many doctors you have. Mm -hmm. If the kids don't get it, it doesn't do any good. So there is a balance. I, I would, I would argue, or, or at least comment that awareness and stigma reduction is, is equally important to the resource allocation on the backside. Now, mm. um, Having said all that, you're exactly right. Now we get a kid or kids or student athletes that need help and can't get it. They don't have, we have, you know, one half of one FTE at a school. We have three, you know, um, doctors of psychology at a different school. 
that's a problem, right? The caseload issues and wait times and uh, lack of resources. And what we what we looked at, Jeff, is this, and, and to answer sort of the last point about where the money goes and what we're using it for, we, we looked at the NCAA has put a lot of effort and energy. Dr. Brian Hainline, their chief medical officer, has done a, a terrific job uh, for a very difficult task to build these pillars in mental health and really the best practices. And they're not mandated. They're, you know, you, you should follow, but you don't have to. And we looked at those and we said, maybe we should build our own or we should do research on what those really should be. But they're very solid. And so what we wanted to do was create uh, with evidence-based research, a program or tools that we could deliver to the universities where they could measure themselves, right? We have, we have a scorecard uh, that they can use internally. Here's the best practices as spelled out in actionable items. Here's how you can get to that. Um, two, we have a facilitator handbook. So, you know, a hundred pages of really evidence-based research ways to conduct your business. We, we've had schools, uh, you know, uh, nameless, doesn't matter, um, big schools that don't know where to start, right? Talk about resource allocation. They have enough of a budget. They, they need to do it the right way. What's the, what's the footprint look like? And so we wanted to make sure we had all those, those tools because building a large nonprofit um, with doctors and, and uh, you know, the logistics that goes with that wasn't practical or feasible. Um, but we thought what we could do is really do sort of a Helensky's Hope um, certification program, if you will, and say, we know what you're supposed to have. You know what you, you, you sort of know. Well, let's put that on paper. Let's do the research. And so we've spent the last year and a half, almost two years now, with uh, Dr. David Weirich and his team at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And they helped us create Holinsky's Hope Game Plan, which is sort of just as I described, right? This is, this is a, a, a tool set, evidence-based research uh, created tool set that schools can get. And, and with COVID especially, but even before, um, we're making that available to schools at either very little cost um, or no cost in some cases, right? We're really making sure as many student athletes um, can get to that um, as possible. And I think everybody, and, and if, if we have said it once, we'll say it a hundred times, we don't exist without the love and support, um, you know, of our Cougs, um, the, the guy, everybody in the Pacific North, Northwest, uh, yes, and UW um, and, and all the guys up there. And we've created a, a nearly similar thing here in the Southeast. And we're, we're so proud of the people um, that recognize, that buy into this and that understand it. And we're just touched and honored uh, that they support us in that way because it's you can't do this without resources and so you're absolutely right it's uh, it's always a fair question and I think Kim and I have always erred on the side of um, you know being extremely judicious with that spending but also knowing that you have to do that to get people the help yeah. they need and so that's yeah. the plan that's the that's the game plan we announced on October sixth. That's available. Um, we're starting that process here. Uh, COVID be damned um, as we go into 2021. So yeah. thanks for asking. And, and you know, it's uh, it makes me smile. You know, I don't smile a lot, but um, <laughs> knowing that we're able to, to get to that point in the surgery where we know what we're doing, you know, and, yeah. and it's not just trying to do good. We actually spent a lot of time, effort and resources on doing it the right way.
Well, it's been like super cool for me um, to watch you guys develop this. Um, so like, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this before on the podcast, but mm. um, you and I connected before, you know, all yeah. of this happened yeah. um, and we had connected through, you know, something I wrote on the website and uh, Mark, you know, sends me an email. Hey, do you have time to talk? And I'm thinking, Oh God, <laughs> you know, like, what, is, what does he want to talk to me about? I wrote a thing about his son. No, but, um, right. And, uh, but you know, so, so our, you know, relationship, uh, you know, goes back a, a little bit and, and then watching, um, you know, has, as, how you guys have, um, you know, both you and Kim have navigated, um, all of this and, and really watching how, you know, your, your commitment to, um, you know, trying to make sure this doesn't happen again. Like you said, that's kind of the big, the big goal, right. Is, um, you know, don't let this happen again. And, you know, I know that, um, you know, a lot of times people have, you know, good intentions and they want to do things. I mean, I'll, I'll even share, you know, for me, like we, uh, you know, Tristan was, you know, sick with leukemia and we, you know, got all these, uh, you know, some of these experiences made a big one was make a wish, and, yeah. you know, so we, we do the make a wish and, and we're just so thankful for make a wish. And so we do um, a whole bunch of stuff with make a wish, you know, shortly after, um, you know, Tristan was, was sort of like on the back end of this thing and, and kind of out of the woods. And, mm. um, you know, so, so we kind of do all this and we're really passionate about it, you know, for a time. And then, you know, after a while it's, you know, it, it kind of fades. We didn't really have a big plan for, you know, make a wish and, you know, we kind of worked with them. Um, it, it's been amazing to me to watch you guys, um, you know, take this, this idea that you had and, and watching all of these kind of, uh, pieces come together and watching the building blocks. Cause I remember, you know, uh, I don't know, it was two years ago, I think when you guys kind of started up with, uh, step up and behind happy faces and, you know, started working through that, you know, and I'm interviewing Kim about that and, and just kind of seeing how those pieces are kind of coming together as part of your game plan. You know, and now you got, I mean, geez, you guys got a book, right? You got a trader book. Like it's like, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's really neat to, to see the way that you guys have really focused that energy, um, into something that, that is, um, sustainable and is, um, the kind of thing that's coordinated. And like you said, it's data driven. Um, yeah. it's designed to, you know, help, you know, help the, the athletes like kind of learn about themselves, learn about each other. And then, and then you collect data and you, you know, you check on the efficacy and then you, if you need to, you circle back around again. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's education put into, I think the best possible use. And so when, whenever anybody, you know, buys a shirt or makes a donation or any of the stuff that we're doing right now during this campaign, um, I mean, it's fair to say, right, that that money directly goes to getting this program onto campuses, which then in turn, um, hopefully directly affects, you know, the mental health of those students and, and hopefully prevents, uh, you know, another tragedy. No, I, I, the, the money that, um, you know, the, the great supporters of Holinsky's Hope uh, can very proudly say they're saving lives. And I, I, you know, I, you know me a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely uncomfortable with that, um, you know, because it, it sort of seems like you're keeping score, right? But you have to measure your, your successes and your outcomes and your failures and adjust and move on. And um, we, we've absolutely done that. And, and there's, you know, you run any kind of, any kind of business, you, um, with the great support, again, of, of our, 
our vendors and our partners, but we didn't spend a lot of time. And you know this, I mean, we're, we're uh, you know, we're two partners in, we have, we've partnered with the NCAA, right? We've, we made a yep. point of finding a way to work with them. Um, and they've been great partners. Um, they're, they're, we're going to expand that relationship, but we didn't want to go and brand everything that we possibly could. We didn't want to just raise money for money's sake. Um, we pay for the speakers, we pay for the trainers. There's expenses that go with that, you know? Um, and, and I think people absolutely understand that, but, but what they don't get to hear, and, and I'm, I love the opportunity to really kind of just give you one example, but what they don't yeah. get to hear is this. We, what Kim and I do, our, our journey in this is to tell what we call, it's a Tyler talk, we tell Tyler's story. And, and the reason we do that is we give a bunch of examples. We, we, you know, we show a video, we, <laughs> they'll be happy to know the Cougs anyway, that we, part of that is, is rewatching pieces of the Boise State win. Um, but, but in all seriousness, what it, what's really important about it is the face of suicide doesn't look like it to most people doesn't look like Tyler. It doesn't look like a smiling kid in a helmet playing for his team, respecting his coaches, loving his friends, um, you, you know, leading a group of guys and being led by a group of men that doesn't look like suicide to most people. And what we want everybody to hear is um, if this can happen to Tyler, it can happen to anybody. This is not a scare game. We're not trying to frighten anybody. We, what we're trying to do is pop the top off of this and go, look, everybody's susceptible. There's no color, race, creed. There's no, we're focused in this lane of student athletes. I, I get it. We do get that sometimes, but that's not to exclude anybody. That's to be, you can't boil the ocean. We've got to focus on a, on a, on a task and make an, uh, make a difference. We have student athletes as, you know, as, as our kids, Tyler was a student athlete. Um, so we're focused there. Uh, but, but here, so we give this, we give a talk as Tyler talk. We've done now, Jeff, we've done over a hundred sixty and alive. And we did 40 zooms here in the last, maybe more than that. Now Kim's keeping track. So, so over a hundred of these talks and what that is, is about an hour's worth of presentation to tell you a little bit about what happened, including the things that we know and the things that we don't know. Um, and without giving that talk on, on, you know, in our, our chat today, the outcome of that, the, the end of that is to simply say, we love you guys. We are supported by people, you know, across this country that, that are, that are doing that, you know, the $3 we get, the $13, the $33, every penny of that is because they care, they love you. And they're doing it maybe with their friends and family in mind or people that they know in their communities. But let me tell you, they, they're doing it for all of us. So the bigger, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate this, but the bigger, sort of arc here is the 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 world has to be a slightly kinder place we have to allow for differences we have to be able to have conversations and we can't frighten people um, with rhetoric and and non-science about what's going on here we are losing 123 people to suicide every day Um, and it's 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 far too much there's not a 21 year old uh, where suicide is the best option to whatever they're struggling with um, so we, we do these talks and in, inevitably, whether it's the next day, whether it's during the talk, after the talk, um, or months later, we will get, and we just did this here in South Carolina, our, our, one of our very first after COVID, you know, although it's not over, I don't mean like that, um, live events, we went and talked to a group of students here, at Division II school, 
And uh, what we said is use Tyler's story. If, you, if you're uncomfortable, if you don't know how to ask for help, here's a, we, we try to give this advice. We're not, as you know, we're not mental health experts. We're not public speakers, but we simply say, it's very, this is the way you do it. I was at this thing. I had to listen to this big fat guy cry about his kid. Have you ever heard about Tyler? Tyler, you know, he's this nice kid up in Washington, took his own life and no one knew, no why. They, that you can do, right? That's, that is not a lot of stigma about talking to somebody else. And the left turn you make is, well, I, I, I identify with that. I feel like that. I, mom, I, I'm, I'm having strange dreams. I, I'm worried about hurting myself or others or, you know, that, that left-hand turn. And we always get, I mean, almost without exception, sometimes more than once, we'll get a follow-up email, call, text, uh, instant message. Mrs. Holinsky, I, I did what you said. Oh, what would you do? Well, I talked about Tyler's story with my parents and I told them that I was, you know, struggling. Three weeks later, he's in treatment. He's getting, you know, the, the help he needs. He's not suffering in silence. You can't put a price on that, right? That If we did that one time, it would be worth it for everybody that supports Holinsky's Hope. But we're doing that 100 times a week and, and maybe more than that a year. And that's what this is all about, as you said. If we can, if we can help somebody not suffer, a family, a community, a group of people, a team, a university, not have to suffer like we've suffered and WSU suffered and friends and family suffered, then that's what this is all about. And we don't win everyone, right? This, we haven't stopped suicide. We haven't stopped mental illness. What we think we've done is try to make it okay to talk about, okay to ask for help, okay to not be okay, not be ashamed of it. Nobody's afraid to tell you if they have cancer. Oh boy, I, you know, that as they should. That's not embarrassing. You, as soon as Tristan was diagnosed, there's no doubt you just pulled the fences down looking for help. How do I get my son better? It should be yeah. no different for a mental illness. And I think you know, it's hard to measure those things in, in uh, you know, in, in the short time we've been doing this. But I think we're making inroads, and I think we're making a difference. Yeah. Well, you definitely are. And uh, you know, I guess that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Um, I just kind of, I mean, look, I think the world of you as, as a person, uh, as a father, as a leader, I just, what you guys are doing, I think is incredible, both you and Kim and, uh, yeah, whatever small part we can play in, in trying to help all that happen. Um, we are thrilled to be able to, to do for you guys. So, well, two, if I could just two quick things, first of all, um, my wardrobe is almost a hundred percent United. I, I, I am the, I, and this I can is not, verify that <laughs> you really can't. I, I was, I am wearing a sweatshirt in, in inside my favorite hoodie, United hoodie thinking this might've been uh, a, you know, videotape. Um, it's a hundred degrees outside here in South Carolina, yeah. but, but we love it. Not, not just because it's awesome and it's great clothes. And there's so many things about just the word and what it stands for and what Britain and you guys have done. And, and enabled us to do that. Now we have a podcast that's, you know, we have over 60 episodes. It's reaching, um, you know, so many young student athletes. It's just amazing. I think we have 15,000 downloads now or, or subscriptions or however, however that's measured um, and had a lot of success. And, and you see that three and you see the, the, the slightly different designs and you get the questions and you, you get to be able to, you know, share that story. I think it's incredible. The reason we're able to do this is support. 
but let it never forget uh, us never we don't forget but it's certainly worth repeating tyler's contribution to society mm-hmm. from age 21 to you know when he naturally passed by some other disease process or old age um that that whole in the universe is not even close to being filled by the work kim and i are doing and and everybody associated with linsky's hope and our support that we get from you guys um but that's the, that love doesn't go away. I still love Tyler. He's not here to, to get it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to deploy it the best I can to Ryan and Kelly and Kim and they with us, but, but we're, we're pushing that through Holinsky's hope. And I think, you know, that's impossible to measure except through the smiles and the tears and, you know, the conversations like this that we get to have, but, um, we're grateful for you guys. This is where it started. Um, we'll always be, you know, forever Cougs and we'll be always be Pacific Northwesterners. And we're, we're very proud to introduce you to the Southeast because there's some incredible people here that took that lead and, and have grown it. So thank you so much, Jeff, as always, it's great to talk with you. Say hi to Sarah and the boys and, um, you know, love to talk to you anytime. I will do. Thanks, Mark. And we're back. All right. Well, I'm I'm sure that was great and very emotional, <laughs> but I, I, I I'm going to lie. I, I wasn't listening uh, yeah. because well, you, you were not available. During, I was I was not available during the yeah. thing, and and you didn't sit here and play it for me. No, um, no. while we were on break, but uh, but yeah, yeah you'll, right. you'll listen to it later. You promise. I right? will. I will. I'll listen to that part. I've kind of stopped <laughs> listening to our podcast. I did it first. <laughs> Um, but I, no I, longer... I don't know when the last time was I listened to one of our podcasts. Well, now it's it's bad because, you know, uh, we get paid for the downloads, but uh, I, I I never listen to it. So the automatic download stops. <laughs> it's like I'm not, I have to like remember to go manually download them sometimes. So I can, yeah, you, you got to make sure to put that penny in the bank. Yeah, right? I got to get that one third of a penny in the bank, baby. <laughs> Oh, well, let's see. What should, should we talk? Should we talk beer? Should we talk Cougs? Where do you want to start? Well, yeah, I've been I've been drinking a beer. Um, just having one, you know, I'm on the I'm on a little bit of a diet. So, yeah, good um, man. You're yeah. better than me. Um, but yeah, uh, what are you drinking, Jeff? I am having uh, the Stoop Fresh Hop Fiend. Oh, very good. Which and one? It is the Chinook. Nice. It was canned on September 30th. Pretty good. So pretty recent. Um, so yeah, welcome to Fresh Hop Season when the annual harvest of one of our favorite ingredients makes us downright giddy. We're making what, a lot what of fresh hop beers this season. Oh, hops! Yeah, yeah, hops. This label will stay the same, but the beer inside will change. Be sure to check the bottom rim of the can for the hop variety. So there we yeah. go. The yeah, most so recent Stoop brewing yeah. with the with the uh, the skull made out of hops on the front of it kind of cool i guess i think it's it's a misfit it's like a oh, it, oh yeah that's that is what it looks like that's yeah. true got it yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's good very west coasty uh definitely a west coast ipa for sure yeah i've good. yeah i've had several variants of that yep yeah it's excellent i like it yeah it's like the misfit skull and they made it that out is of what hops it looks like, yes yeah yep. so good um work. but don't tell the misfits that no <laughs> no no um but uh yeah, I've I've had that. Um, I will say the uh, the mosaic version of that beer is might be my favorite fresh hop beer of mm. the season. 
And with the caveat that I didn't have a couple of my, you know, typical favorites, just because I didn't make it up to Seattle to grab them. But like um, Hopfen Keller is usually one I really like, a varietal Holy Mountain collab. And then uh, I didn't have any from Cloudburst. So I, those are, they're usually making some of the best. So I didn't get to try those. But the Stoop, uh, I love that base. I had, I've had three of the variants, and all of them were killer. Uh, Mosaic was probably my favorite. I haven't had the Idaho seven one yet. Uh, that's the most recent one, but yeah, just, yeah, to very, very good beer, man. Like you made a good choice. Yeah. It's a good one. I've, I've had a lot of, man, there've been a ton of good fresh hot beers, uh, that I've had. I had a good one last night. Uh, level it was a level beer. They're fresh hop hazy. Nice. So that was that was super tasty, and I've got a, I've got a varietal. My la, it's my last freshy sitting in the fridge. Which varietal. one is that? I'm not. You know what? I'm not sure. I know it's a it's an imperial IPA. I know that. Oh, okay. So I was, you I was probably like, if it's a Hopfen Keller, I'm going to be super jealous. It, it, it's just it a Keller be. beer, which is like kind of a lager. Yeah, I don't. I, I love the fresh hop lagers and stuff. Yeah. I, it's definitely not a lager. I know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, um. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. It. A p- the picture i think i dropped it in the slack we we did a little fresh hop festival last weekend my yeah. si- with my sister and my mom yeah that was a lot and of we, cans we, yeah we went through uh i think 17 fresh hop beers so, between the four of us with uh steph's um uh steph's uh boyfriend and, and me and my mom and uh so it was a uh, yeah we were able to crush through 17 cans and uh my favorite was probably that stoop mosaic one um the other favorite winner from two of the other people uh, uh from my sister and her boyfriend i think their pretty favorite is the rubens uh fresh hop double crush which is uh, for the hazy ipa just excellent um and you could probably still find it if you're listening to this uh, if you go to your bottle shops um i am also like I, I was of the same mind i was like we have not i don't think talked about fresh hop beers and fresh hop season is basically over at this point <laughs> um so i have a fresh hop beer as well um, uh, it's almost if people are sick of listening to that it's almost done yeah we're almost there yeah <laughs> but uh so i'm having a fresh wave from structures it's a it's a double hazy ipa um this was brewed in uh, collaboration with Browers and Bottleworks. Uh, they have kind of the same ownership or their kind of partnership. They've started by the same people. Um, Bottleworks is kind of the OG beer store in Seattle, still one of the best. Uh, you know, depending on who you ask, maybe the best still. Um, there's so many good ones in Seattle at this point. But yeah, um, but yeah so I, I, um, I, I, when I went up to pick up some beer from Fremont and and Bottleworks is in Wallingford, so it's real close. And I did a nice big order of you know fresh hops and lagers and, and stuff because right now they're only doing to go orders. You order online, which is kind of fun because like I, I, that's easy for me. I can just look online inventory rather than like staring at cases all you know case all the time. But um, so yeah, I picked up this one. Structures, great brewery. They they do hazy IPAs as well as anyone in the in the in the region i would say um and this one is very good very aromatic um you know kind of tropical notes um good 
good you know that good body you want from a hazy ipa kind of the thickness that you're looking for um yeah all all around very tasty definitely one of the top ones i've had um i would say in terms of a hazy double like the double crush i probably liked a little more it was kind of uh just i don't know it was kind of like this had this like sweetness to it it was so tasty but um uh, but yeah, either way, you can only get this one at Browers. Uh, I mean, not Browers. I'm sorry, at Bottleworks. Uh, you can't. I think you can get it at Browers too, but probably not to go. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're looking to pick this one up, you gotta you gotta check out Bottleworks in Seattle. So um, yeah, Fresh Hot beers. All right, sad to see them go, uh, oh. and also sad there was no Fresh Hot Fest this year. That was a bummer. <sighs> Maybe next you know, year. Whenever it doesn't align with the Cougar football game, uh, I go, <laughs> which is yeah. once out of every four years, it seems. But yeah. um, I went last year, and you went last year. And it yeah, was first, time, first time I went last year. It yeah, awesome. it's a blast. It is. So much beer. Go Yakima. Especially when, uh, especially when they don't collect your token. That's the best part. <laughs> that was, yeah, we, record, that, we recorded an episode from Single Hill, Fresh Off Fest last year. Yes, we did. That's right. We drank it. So we drank in beers. the afternoon, and then we drank at night, and... Then we drank some more, and then I was too old and tired to keep drinking, and then dropped you guys off at some dive bar, and that was that was the end of my night. Heck you guys yeah, McGuire's. Uh, that's what it was. The Irish pub that's in a double wide trailer. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> when I dropped you guys off, I was just thinking, like, are you guys sure? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we go there all the time. It's I'm one like, of this the... seems a little sketch. Are you? Sh- I mean, I know you're from here, so obviously it's one it must of the be okay, but. And... One of the staple uh, bars in Yakima. Uh, I don't know. Like, With I'm like, just like the absolute worst house well drinks, like uh, whiskey and vodka, like spirits, like you could possibly taste. Like they all, you can't really discern between the any like the whiskey or the rum or anything. They all just taste like ethanol. They are the worst. <laughs> um, so of course you have to shoot them. Because uh, it's it's you know it's funny. Otherwise, we, it's disgusting. We got we got, I can't remember. I think it was we got the shots. Um, we we me and Chris, like Amanda's brother, took him down. His girlfriend, uh, now fiance, um, just sipped it real quick, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And we're like, "No, you cannot sip that. Like you, this is not a sipping whiskey." <laughs> this is this is just straight paint thinner we're drinking yep. paint thinner yeah that's where this is serving like a purpose and that purpose is not for enjoyment on your taste buds the purpose is to get you more buzzed and uh, to make you feel maybe add some chest hair so yeah um but yeah so fresh hops baby yeah I, I would say highly recommend the Fresh Hop Festival in Yakima, but too many people go already, so don't go. I know. Now Just I'm leave, like... Leave it I to the know. rest of us, all right? There, there is no way that we have that festival next year in any sort of similar iteration to what it was. Like, that's... There's no way. Unless we just stay... Fuck it. Just don't like, care. It's just wall-to-wall people. <laughs> Covering, like, m- several city blocks. Yeah, like... You know, just standing around drinking beer, like, and then going, like, basically getting a beer, going, get in line, get another beer, get in line. Get... Listen, when I think of stuff like that, it, and it's kind of like when I watch, um, you know, when I watch highlights of games, you, you know, like from back when everything was normal, right? And I, I don't, has this happened to you, like, where you watch um, a highlight or something and the crowd 
is going bananas and they're like falling all over each other and it's just you know the house is sold out like just everything's crazy yeah and and then you just watch that and like like somewhere in the back of your mind you're like oh my god i can't believe there's that many people there oh my god oh my god oh my god like like that is like that seems so abnormal now yeah my brain cannot process anymore that many people that close together like like i think back like we were thinking about game day right like that was this week yeah the anniversary was this week. There's like twenty five thousand people just crammed in a just crammed a into that space. I mean, I was, you know, right next to Kevin Dudley and my wife and Brian Floyd, and we were packed in there like sardines. And I mean, God, like I get anxious right now just thinking about. It. I'm like, how did we even? I know there was life before a pandemic. I know there was life before there was a coronavirus. Like I get that, but it's still well. Like, we've always had I, coronavirus. I still, we have, but not this one. I know. I'm and just it's kidding. Like, I know. Just so it's like, I, I don't know. Like, there's just a part of me that's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe. It. Like, I don't know. My brain is so fucked up now from all of this. Like, I can't believe there was a time when we were packed in like sardines and it was OK. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts um, to think about, uh, especially because, you know, in in where we live, people just there, there's like no fans in the state stadium still like other parts of the country there's fans and some there's like you know more and more um but here it it doesn't look any anytime soon they're gonna allow fans so just even going to a game seems wild at this point uh, i've gotten so used to just watching everything on tv you know we have sounder season tickets i have cougar season tickets um you know i i was going to get rain season tickets i i I, luckily I was hesitating and because I just, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So sorry, I didn't give you my money, Raina. But, and then I had like, you know, like a, a multi-game pack from the defiance and, you know, I planned on going to, you know, Mariners games and Rainier's games. And, and now it's just, you know, this huge part is gone, but now it's just like, I look back and I'm like, that was so weird that we did that. Like we were just so close to people all the time. Well, just like, do you packed. ever think about the last game we went to? Yeah. Yeah. That like, I think about match. that all the time. So I we felt went really to, weird. We went to a Sounders game after we knew that the coronavirus was out there. I think it was and March we were just 7th. Like, eh, it'll be okay. Like, yeah, it was March 7th. And we were just like, eh, you know, it, I think it's fine. I think we'll be okay. And now and I, I look at think- it, I go, oh my God, I can't believe that. Well, and it's not because the night before, the uh, Defiance match didn't allow fans. Yeah. The USL match. But then the MLS one did. And it was definitely kind of sparsely attended for a Sounders game. For a Sounders game it was. But still. But I remember, like, I remember, like, the guys in front of us turning to give us high fives. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I was just, like, you know, like, like, barely, you know, we were not wearing masks and all that stuff. Um, And I just remember thinking like, we're kind of far from other people. That that was only, yeah, yeah, you know, man, that was only seven months ago. I know it's crazy. And it probably honestly at that point wasn't all that dangerous because there wasn't as much of the virus around. So it it probably, but still, still. And we've kind of learned that outdoor event, like outdoor things aren't as bad. Aren't as dangerous. Yeah. And honestly, if everyone was masked up, it probably would have not been an issue. Like, yeah. I'm kind of coming around to like, 
yeah, we could probably do like limited attendance and it'd be fine as long as it's the only thing that that's the hard part is when people are leaving the stadium. It's and the ingress, the it's the egress, it's the bathrooms, yeah. it's the concession stands. Like I think those are more the issues that Yeah, if you could like get people to be like, Okay, section two forty two right. you to can go leave to the now. Like <laughs> Can you imagine that if it was like you have to have like like, a card that identifies what section that you're sitting in? It was like the elementary school, like okay, time for table one to go to the potty. Like, (laughs) make sure to wash your hands. Okay, Miss Smith. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I don't know how else you do that, but anyway, if only we didn't have to get in and out of those places. I know. And you know, Pullman Pullman's even gone so far. So I don't know if you saw this this morning. They're like begging people not to come to Pullman. Definitely saw that. Yeah. They're like, please, please, please don't come to Pullman. Stay home, please. And I definitely like, please, please stay home. I, uh, you know, I follow diehard Cougs on Facebook just out of like morbid curiosity. Yeah. Um, got to keep in touch with the, the the fans yeah and there's definitely the people i i know for a fact from posts on there people are planning to go to pullman and i've seen it like they're like to cheer on the kooks it's like so you're gonna watch it on tv from your hotel room like i don't like i i'm look if people want to go to pullman stay in a hotel room stay socially distanced just so you can support the businesses that's fine i don't i don't care just don't be stupid about it like don't don't try to park your RV because they're not going to let you. They're not. They're actually like basically what the school release said was if if they see your RV on campus, they're going to like tell you to leave <laughs> like they are. They are literally not. Now, what's Walmart going to do? I don't know. Well, like, Walmart Walmart's already uh, last season. They had already banned RVs okay. parking. OK, I don't know. Maybe games. church like I don't know. I have no yeah. idea what anybody else is going to do. Yeah, but there might be some churches know, like, yeah, you you can still pay us to come park here. There might be. You got to come to our church service, though. No, um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, if, if you try to go up on campus, they're going to tell you to go away. And they're already telling people like, no, we won't allow any tents or any kind of structures, you know, on campus. Like they're like they're 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 even saying they're going to put up uh, screens to make sure that nobody can. Um, see the field from any of the viewing spots that we all know exist. So they're, they're wow. trying, you know, like you, you want to go up on the library. Okay. Good luck looking over this, you know, 10 foot black screen. So not that, not the library is any good anymore anyway, really with the, uh, yeah. With, with the, the, with the fob, fob but there's not many places anymore. Yeah. Of the, the large the structures that are now. The stairway next to the up yeah, to, goes up to the, the cub next to the fob. That's definitely still. A they spot. could pretty easily, even without a screen, block people off from going down that stairway. Yeah, yep, that's true. Like just for the you know four hours during the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's I yeah I don't I don't know. But here's the other thing: like it's gonna be fucking cold. And also, it's not gonna be. It's not that good of a view. No. Like you're gonna you're gonna have a way better viewing experience on TV. And if you're really that fired up about and it, they're not going to hear you. Just have a party with your friends and, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm seriously depending on what the weather's like. I mean, I may have a few people over. Maybe we put a TV outside like, you know, and just, you know, we can all hang out and watch the game. And I, mean, I don't know, like there's ways to do this without going to Pullman. And and I, I really hope that, um, you know, the, so the school said they were going to come up with some sort of like plan for people to still feel connected, but stay home. Um, you know, I hope that that plan involves, you know, some way to support the local businesses. 
Um, you know, cause there are a lot of people, I, you know, I've heard from a lot of people now who knows when it comes time to, you know, put your money where your mouth is, if people will actually follow through with this, but there are people who said, you know, Hey, like I have a certain amount of money I spend in Pullman every year and I might as well spend it still, you know? Well, yeah. So. And WSU was asking like for donations in that amount, like to the calf, but like, but okay, that's we not can support that's, the calf, but that's that not helping that the help Valhalla country or, and yeah. See, like, you know, the thing about like the Coug, I've bought gift cards from them. Like, I don't feel that bad. Like they have a, like a very easy service where you can buy like $50 gift card from them. Like, yeah. so I feel like I can support them, but there's other places in Pullman that you can't as easily do that. Now, um, the, the people at, uh, uh, uh college Hill, um, and the Coug store were selling, um, basically, uh, mask, uh, gift card combos for any business in Pullman, essentially. So even the ones like Cougar Country and stuff that you can't buy them online and have them shipped to you. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that. Um, if you find like Tony Poston on Twitter, I think you could probably ask him. But um, uh, but yeah. The, otherwise, like, and I was thinking, you know, you know, just asking people I know that live in Pullman to just go buy some gift cards and right. and send them to me. So yeah, it's would uh, be good if 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 WSU offered that, because honestly, like if those businesses aren't there, those weekends in Pullman lose some of their, you know, appeal. Like if, if you're not getting that nostalgic burger or that nostalgic calzone or whatever, like maybe some, you know, especially to the people that go to like the one homecoming and stuff, like it's, you know, it's, it's not the same. Like, and, and plus, you know, the students and you know it was nice to have those places when we were there um but obviously they need that revenue from from the football weekends and they're not getting that yeah. so i understand if you're like oh i need to go to pullman and support them but just be smart about it you know like you can definitely the, the hotels are open but if you're gonna do that just watch the watch the game in your room yeah like it's just you know it, it's fine um, go go get some takeout from wherever and watch yeah. the game in your room and then you've supported the hotel and you've supported the the, the restaurant and you did your job and yeah. and uh you know I mean the cub is going to be closed like everything on campus is going to be closed you you could you probably could get into my office but that place is not that big like it's and, they, and it's going to be 50% capacity. Yeah, and it's going to be a 50% capacity, so good luck with that. Like, I don't know, man. Same just, with the Coug. Just freaking stay home. Your 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 house is warm. Your TV is probably big. Your beer is cold and a lot cheaper. Like, just like just stay home, man. Just stay home. It's okay. Nobody's going to think less of you as a fan. Besides, by the way, you know, if you're, if you're I mean, not to besmirch the good name of diehard Cougs, but... Um, like, like, how many of those people do you think are really actually going to follow through with what they say they're going to do? I don't know. Like, I think some of them will. You think um, so? Yeah. I well, I think so, for some of them, it, the appeal is that they're like usually the the restriction is that if you're not a season ticket holder and you're used to planning a year in advance for this shit, like it's really hard to find hotels. And That's if you're true. not and if you're not a season ticket holder and you already know how much this costs and you've just accepted it, like you've accceded that the holiday and or the, you know, the quality in is $300, $300 a night or whatever. Yeah. Like if you just like you've, you've filed that away in your brain as something that you're good with, it's easier. But like 
for the people that don't always go, it's probably a little more appealing. You can get the the hotel at their normal rate, which is usually like less than a hundred dollars a night, and you can like you can uh, you can still go to Pullman, and you know I don't you're still not like. I mean, it'd be like going to Pullman in any other, like, non-football weekend. So I don't, like, I guess people do that, and it's fine. Like, I, you know, I always want to do that. I just never do because I go so much for football. But um, it's so I I, I get the appeal of going to Pullman. But, like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a game day experience in any way. Like, if you're expecting, you know, you're not going to tailgate, like, None of that's going to happen. So if you're like going to like they're expecting to like get this experience, you're not going to go to the bookie. They're like I have I assume they're just going to shut that down. Yeah. Like and and like so you're not going to do that. Well, you're the not, Cubs going to be closed. So the like crimson and gray might be open. You know that, but like it's you're never you're not going to get the walking around campus. I guess I guess you can walk around campus. I don't know, but uh, like. It's just not going to be the same, man. It's not going to be the same kind of festive atmosphere. Nope. Um, you're not going to be able to walk around with a beer like it's fucking New Orleans, like 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 nope. you can on a normal Cougar football nope. Saturday. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not the same experience. So if that, if that's what you're chasing, you're not going to find it. No. Um, but just if you if you must go, just be just just know that it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah, and it's uh, they even said they were going to sort of step up patrols of off-campus parties too like like they are they are serious about trying well, the poli- to the, yeah pullman police have said that yeah so they, they're serious about trying to make sure that everybody's responsible and and by the way let's not lose sight of the fact that whitman county is a freaking hot spot for covid so if you're coming into pullman from somewhere else uh you know uh <laughs> You're kind of walking right into the right into a, a, a you know I don't know a bomb like I, I don't know what you, I don't know how we describe it but uh, you're walking you're walking into something not good and even if you don't get sick you could very easily carry it back to somebody else and maybe it's a good idea just to stay home. Yeah, yeah, they're um, you know just in Whitman County they've I, I think it's maybe slowed down a bit for them. Yeah, they're still too- in the high. I looked this morning while I was writing my story. They're still in the high, high transmission area. Like it's well over whatever the high threshold is. So that's what I'm saying. If you must go to Pullman, stay in your hotel room. Yes. Uh, if you and must. get takeout from the, your favorite restaurant and have that. Exp- I go. Like, yeah, boy, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I guess I've never had a burger, like chicken strips from the Cougar, like while watching a Cougar football game because I would have just been, well, I guess during, not not a home game. That would be a new experience. Yeah, I just, I, the the weirdest thing that sticks with me is what, what, like one of the diehard Cougs ones is they were going to Pullman to cheer on the Cougs. I'm like, you're not doing that. Right. You're not cheering on the Cougs. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is not what you're doing. Do you think you're going to show up and they're like, okay, you can come in the stadium. We changed yeah. our mind. Like, no, no, that's not going to happen. Well, like um, even, even Schultz, um, 
you know, does what I think, you know, good leaders do, which is lead by example. And he's saying, like, I'm even not going to watch the game in the stadium. Yeah, because he, he could definitely go sit in his president's suite. Yeah, I mean, he could game. definitely sit in the president's suite and not have any problem with anybody and watch the game. But he's not going to. He's, like I said, you know, good leaders lead by example. And he's like, yeah, I'll be at home watching the game at home from the president's it's, mansion. It's very nice home. Yeah, it is a nice home. It's right up there on the hill. And you can walk, easily get to, walk to go from, from the Cougar Valhalla yes, or could. whatever. Very so. easily. Very, very easily. So, yeah. So, stay home. Uh, let's see. What else? Okay. So, who's going to be playing quarterback? Um, they open that game. What do you think? I mean, I'm like, I'm going to go with Cameron, but uh, that's primarily because he's the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really... look, after the first scrimmage, it seems like that's the direction we're heading. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, you can only read so much into coaches. Uh, and how can you resist that lefty? Yeah. I mean, the things we, we always like lefties, man. That's uh, that's going to fuck with the defense. They're not, they're really... we, we love the left handed. The left handed people. <laughs> I don't love all the left. Let's, uh... let's not go there. <laughs> that is true. Like, although some things that are left handed maybe aren't as left handed as they like to make it sound but yeah you know. that's that's another conversation anyway yeah like the the scrimmage on saturday it seems like uh you know the things that rolovich said were kind of pointing toward cooper sounds like delora had a good day as well cruz the stats were not kind to him and rolovich didn't really do anything to make it sound like he was better than his stats so uh for whatever that's worth um and some people were i, I think you know his initial comments on cooper were well you know he's got kind of a He's a quieter leader and da 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 and um people kind of took that to mean, oh, he's he's criticizing him, which which he might have been. Um, but you know, I I think we've said this before on on the podcast and we'll say it again, that when coaches talk, they're not talking to you, they're not talking to me, they're talking to their players. And if Rolovich is saying, like, yeah, you know, Cooper's kind of got his own leadership style, he's a little quiet, and that's okay, but you know, da da da. I mean, what he's really saying to Cooper is, man, I need you to be more vocal, is what he's saying. Like, and he's not, he's not talking to you. He's not talking to me. He's talking to Cooper. Yeah. So, and it seemed like, it just seemed like Cooper was that type of kid from, yes. From the get go. Yep. Yep. Um, so he, he's definitely no Gardner Minshew. No, who no, is. he's no, nobody is so he's uh, more of a Luke Falk. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a little, I think he's a little higher on the, on, on the, so if we were talking, if this on like the a engagement continu- scale, yeah, if this is like an engagement continuum. Like he's a little farther, he like if Luke Falk's on one end, right, and then Gardner Minshew's on the other end, he's probably closer to Falk than Minshew, but but I don't think he's I don't think he's all the way to I don't think he's all the way to Falk. So um, seems like a really likable kid. Uh, I've only been around him a couple times. Um, does he still have the mane? No, know. he does not. Oh, no, he cut he cut well, that. He definitely it's not my that. favorite anymore. Though. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, definitely cut that. I would not be surprised if I think I think signs are pointing toward him being the starter, uh, which which I love. I think that's great. Um, I don't I don't have any. I mean, I feel like all three of the guys who are there are talented, you know, based off of everything we know about. Them. Yeah, so, the true freshman would be terrifying. Yeah, I'd be that. That was the only outcome. I think we I'm sure we talked about this, too, like that. That's the only outcome that would have surprised me. It, it would be if he had been named the starter, because with the short season, like. I don't know, man. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, to pick a guy who's so inexperienced, but not not that Cooper's any more experienced, but 
I mean, he's at least you know been he's in the old. weight room for a couple for three years at this yeah. point. So yeah, and he's he's older and he's got a rapport with the players. And I mean, let's not forget, you know, the offense is bringing most of the offense back. I mean, obviously the outside receivers are different, but uh, you know, most of the line is bringing a lot of good players who have been here for back. multiple years. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said with, with the rapport that, that he might have there. So yeah. which Gunner, you know, Gunner's been around for a couple of years at this point too. So he, he may have that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as you were talking about, um, we were talking before we recorded, you know, Gunner wasn't, didn't seem to get the highest praise from the, uh, the last scrimmage, but Hey, you know, I think you said this on our last podcast. It was very clear when Gardner Minshew was going to win the, yeah, win the thing, win the job, and it's not that clear now. Um, also, Gardner Minshew had played college football games before, and yeah. none of these guys have. Yeah. Um, like I said before, with the exception of Heckman, yeah, uh, but he doesn't seem in the in the race at all. No, he's so. he's been moved to defense now. So he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not even, he's definitely, definitely not in the race. They do have one other walk on, but yeah. What was it? Uh, where were they putting him in the, um, shit, I can't remember, but yeah, it, it, yeah. They moving him to defense. Um, yeah. So. As you always do, you know, our yep. second quarterback uh, moved to defense in yeah. recent memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, man, I, I just, I just hope whoever is picked is good. Yeah. Uh, because we need them to be good because yes, uh um I, I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling great about the comments Rolo had about the defense today or yeah. yesterday. I, I would say that, you know, one of the interesting things about Rolovich is he's um again, even if he's not talking to you and me, um, he's definitely willing to actually say some things, which is completely the opposite of what we've had for eight years. Like right. like Leach was like a uh, like, like a walking magic eight ball, right. Where it was like, you know, you could shake it and the same like five phrases would come out of his mouth one way or another. Like, you know, yeah, I thought we, I thought we, you know, had, uh, you know, we had a good practice. I thought we played hard, you know, I thought, right. uh, you know, I thought we, I thought we, you know, uh, like what were some of the other things he said <clears> on <throat> defense? Yeah. Good clear his throat <clears throat> and sniff, uh, you know, and he would talk about, you know, running to the ball and, you know, I thought our effort was good. You always talk about effort, right? So I thought our effort was good. And well, you can—I mean, you could also tell he didn't really pay that much attention to the defense. Didn't yeah. really care that much. <laughs> There's so, a little bit of that too. For so sure. yeah, like if you if you yeah. were forcing him to talk about it, he yeah. would. We just need um, to get a little bit better tomorrow. You know, we need to need to work on getting better. We need to get better. You know, I just and and I'm not. By the way, that's. I hope people don't take that as a criticism. It's not a man. Like every coach does that. It's it's yeah. not, you know, whatever. Um, but Rolovich seems to actually like say something when he talks, which is, I mean, I, I don't know. Did Paul, I, it's hard to remember. I've tried to block it out. Did Paul Wolf say things when he talked? Cause I, we've gone eight years of listening to Leach say nothing. I, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I, I honestly Mike Price don't remember. Was coach, I know he used to say nothing. Cause I used to interview him and it'd be I, like, no, I feel like he'd Paul Wolf was like an excuse factory, right? Like, that is true. Yeah. Or a little like, different circumstance. Or he would say something like, Oh, um, 
the other team was really good. Like you love to say that. Like the other team was really good. That's the best team we've seen all That's year. That's the, the best team the, we've seen all year. The, for the three and nine team. Oregon State Beavers that we just got whooped by was <laughs> yeah. the best team I've seen all year. Well, and then he would also say, I remember this too. He would say this. That's really the best they've played all year. He would say that one, and I'm like, yeah, the other Coach, <laughs> there's a Weird. reason why. Yeah, how how come every time they play <laughs> every WSU, team it's plays their the best, best play game? You. That's so it's amazing. Weird. It's it's amazing coincidence. Um, but yeah, so Rolovich has said things about uh, you know the, he's proud of the defenses, basically their resolve. Uh, you know they don't. I, I'm trying to remember exactly how he said it, but basically he said. You know, they're basically they're not making plays all over the field, but they're resilient and they make big plays when, you know, when at, at big moments and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, all that's telling me is they, they suck right now. <laughs> like that's, yeah, you know, like if you think that the Seahawks defense right now, yeah, like I mean, they, they've been making big plays at big moments. But man, but if they if they were a lot better, they wouldn't yeah. have to make those exactly. plays at big moments. And know? he's, you know, like like it sounds to me again. If we assume the coach is talking to his players and not to you, it sounds like he's trying to encourage a unit that's getting their ass kicked up and down the field by an offense that still doesn't really know what it's doing. So, <sighs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a roller coaster. Well, yeah, and you know, as we talked about earlier, like it's the you hope the defense is better and then you held out this like little bit of hope that yeah. like they would get a lot better just because yeah. like the coaching is that yeah. much better yeah. but it's it's still the same guys yeah and they're also learning a new system it's it's yeah like expecting them to suddenly be you know i think i can't remember what what a player said last week or the week before said well we're gonna shut down people like we're gonna i'm like i'm glad that you yeah. think that that was Jihad Woods. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, glad. I'm, I'm glad that's what you think. I'm glad sure. that's what you feel. I I will believe it when I see it. I saw yeah. what you guys did last year. <laughs> you are not. You didn't get any difference makers coming into the program. Like it's like it, I'll have to see when I believe it. I hope that Dickard is that difference maker. And uh, they do. I mean, I would expect them to improve just because there's not a lot of room to go the other way um although as going back to the wolf era again um i believe you wrote an article after the hawaii seattle game oh god that said there is no bottom so <sighs> maybe there is limitless the other way but i was so pissed after that game too <laughs> like i was just oh my god oh my god like that game i had forgotten about that game too and I remember that was that was the game where I kind of thought, "All right, here we go." Like the like the shit's behind us. All right, time to time to turn it around. And then Hawaii just comes out and fucking murders us, like just completely outclasses us. And that was the point at which I was like, "All right, this is fucked up. I'm done. I'm done." This that was the point at which I quit on Paul Wolf. I was just like, I knew at that point it was over and. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I kept writing like I kept writing things that were optimistic because I, I like we just like we had to right, like right. like we just like in order to survive this. I mean, I, I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast have been around since the site started. I can't imagine it's that many because we've been around a long time now. <laughs> like we're like eight hundred years old in internet years, right? Like we've been around oh, for you know what I just realized. Years. Yeah. Like, uh, what year was that? Was that twenty ten? The Hawaii game? Yeah. I think it was the third 20. year. Yeah, 2010. 
I think so. So Rolla would have been their offensive coordinator then. He might have been. Are you sure? He either was so if it was the year before Okay, I'm gonna look He was this a quarterback coach. So in two thousand nine he was a quarterback coach. In two thousand ten he was offensive coordinator. So it just depends what year it was. Okay, so I'm looking. Hold on, let me look. This is great radio. Okay, it was not two thousand ten. Maybe it was 2009. Maybe it was the second season. I I want to say, oh yeah, 2008 was the year that they went like after the Apple Cup and like went out there. So I think 2009. So he was so it must their quarterback. So he was their quarterbacks coach at that okay. time. Okay. And they just so Rolo was there. Us. Oh my God. Like I said, that Rolo was... saw us at our worst and was like, yeah, oh. I'll go there. I'll coach there. I mean, we, so I remember because I remember 2008 and I went to the Oregon game in 2008 in Pullman. And Oh, I did too. Yeah, that oh, was uh that was, I think it was 69 to 14 only because we scored a touchdown like at the last second. I mean, I just remember 63 to 14 something like that. Whatever. They I were all 60 to like, something back then. Like thinking like, "Oh my god, this is not possible." Like I can't believe this. And I remember how shocked I was by how bad we were. And it was and on then, the that was on the backs of already having lost to like 66 to 3 yeah, and 59 yeah. to 0 and and you're just like, it'll be okay. They'll figure it out. It'll be all right. And then, no. And so then, you know, 2009 rolls around, and I'm thinking, okay, it was just a one-year blip. We're good, right? Like, line gets a little better. Everybody gets a little better. We got Jeff Tool, right? So, like, this will be cool. Um, you know, he should play at some point. And then, no. Like, like it just – and then I go to the Hawaii game, and – you know, part of it is like it's such a damn effort for me to get up to Seattle for a game and take my whole family. Like, like it's not easy to take a family of five up to Seattle for a game from where I live, right? So it's like it's it's a bit of an effort, and then to get there and have um have them just not just get destroyed, but it just it felt like, and I know this is probably unfair, uh, but it felt like the effort was terrible. Like it just felt like they had no clue what they were doing. They didn't really care, and I'm sure they did. But it felt like they didn't. And it was like, I just like, I was losing, I was losing. If you ever ask Sarah about that game, like I was losing my mind. And I was like, I remember chatting with you during the game. It's just like you were. That definitely was the point at which my brain realized that this is a disaster. You know, I was, I was living in Nashville. It wasn't on TV for me. I like it to me. I was like, oh, they're losing again, whatever. And then the next week was the, uh, was the SMU. Pull that shit out of your ass. The only reason that they did not go 0-12 that year. And so after they win that, so they lose by three touchdowns. Because they literally were not close in any other game. Yeah. That was. They beat SMU thanks to a uh, a CJ Mizell interception, right? Well, there was multiple, I think, pick sixes. Alex Hoffman Ellis had one, too. Yeah, and that's how they came back. And then they they won in overtime because I think Bo Levi threw another pick. Yep. Bo Levi Mitchell, famous. One of the all-time kooks, Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that, it was 27-6, a loss to USC. Dude, look at that attendance for the Oregon State game, dude. (laughs) 16,000. I've been to some, like, even in our good years, some, like, poorly attended, like, relatively poorly attended because, like, the weather is shitty, but never that 16,000. Like, that's the recorded paid attendance, which means there was not that many people there. No. Um, They had games where they – so, in the Pac-12 games, they scored 
6 points, 6 points, 14 points, 17 points, 14 points, 7, 7, 10, and 0. How did we we wrote about the team? Like we we had like we had to write every week about that team. <laughs> Look at these scores. How the hell could anyone take this team seriously enough to write up multiple <laughs> articles about them well, every week? Write previews and recaps yeah. like of this team. Like they had no shot. Like they didn't really have a shot against SMU. They just got incredibly I lucky. Like, I was still young. That was the thing. You and I were still young. Oh, I was super young. You know, that was, that was the part of it. So I was, you know, 30 or whatever at the time. So I that's, was 24. That definitely helped uh, because I was still dumb enough to, to invest my time in that garbage. And then, and, you know, part of it was too, like back then we didn't have, um, we didn't have all the other outlets that we do now for our thoughts and our feelings. And so like, for example, like Twitter was still extreme. If it was even around, it was still extremely fledgling at that point. Yeah, I think I, I think I joined Twitter in two thousand nine. Yeah, so like uh, you oh, know, I joined idea, March two thousand nine. That's right on my profile. So the idea of you know posting all your thoughts to Twitter just kind of wasn't a thing yet. Um, yeah, we had our game thread. Yeah, and we also we had our massive game threads. We didn't have well, like now, like what we, all the talking we, we do Slack. We on Slack, right? Um, you know, back then we had an email thread, but those were unwieldy and difficult. So we would just have our conversations on the website, you know, so, so writing was the catharsis, right? Cause we didn't have each other to yell at in these other forums like Twitter and Slack. So, uh, I think that's honestly, I think that's a huge part of how we survived and yeah. also basketball was okay at that point. Right. So if basketball is good. You know, then yeah, we had Clay Thompson at this point. So. Yeah. I mean, we're at, the, you know, at this point, 2009, uh, we're getting, we're heading into the 2009, 2010 season. Ken bones first season. We got Clay Thompson. We're feeling pretty good. Oh, by the way, that, that Hawaii team that yeah. spanked us. Yes. Went on to lose their next six games. Yes. I do remember they had a kick-ass receiver who, um, and I'm trying to remember his name. So I'm looking right now. Uh, oh, Greg Salas. That was the guy. Yeah, Greg Salas. Yeah, he was yeah. very good. Um, doesn't excuse anything, but I do remember that he tore us up. Yeah, so he, I mean, probably best game of his life. <laughs> it wasn't. He got he got a cup of tea in the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Paul Wolf. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably, he's oh, never played uh, better yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Hawaii had never played better than they did that day. I completely missed the joke. Okay. And that was one of our closest games of the year. Greg Salas, are you ready for this? Greg Salas had seven catches for 195 yards. They're probably all like, he probably like wasn't even touched on most of those. He wasn't. Too. He wasn't. That was the thing I remember. Like dudes were just running around totally free. Like nobody getting in their way. Ugh. Fuck. Paul Wolf still, still. Ugh. Hey, well, we didn't. Well, we did have a podcast back then. It was terrible. But... We did. It was bad. <laughs> Shout out if you listened to that one. Yeah. Back then on Podbean. Yeah. Podbean. Recorded live. Yeah. Oh <laughs> or talk God. was it talk? We had we had Podbean in a different one. Talk. Yeah, something. we did. I, I don't remember the name of that. I remember one. it would say "Recorded Live" when yeah, we it started. Did. It did. <laughs> wasn't that like Blog Talk? Like, wasn't that what that was? Blog that Talk. Maybe, blog Talk yeah. Radio. Recorded yeah. live. I was uh, recorded live. I'm not saying I'm like a like a talented host at this point, but I would I had, <laughs> I had not much juice back then. <laughs> nope. 
that was uh that was that was a thing for sure that was back when i was trying to like be the podcast guy and yeah i uh, i started to realize pretty quickly like the things that i was good at and not good at i mean look back at that time i was starting to try to do like videos and like i remember hey, those me, breakdown videos let me break down. now that was more videos. that was actually a little bit later um that was like 20, 2012 2012 or 2013 or so when leech was around and because the air raids like one of those things where if you just like spend some time learning like you yeah. can totally wrap i mean there's yeah around. there's six plays so you right just, you can figure it out so i you know i was able to figure some stuff out the you know and the uh the, the run and shoot's not that different either it's a little harder to identify for the lay person when you're watching it because so much of it is you know option routes and stuff where you know the receivers are just sort of like not not really freelancing but kind of freelancing you know so a um, little bit different but yeah like you know the air raid was pretty darn accessible so i'm like yeah i can break this down and then after a little while of doing that i was like this is a very bad idea for me because you know what i was doing okay so here's how it would go i would i would see a play that i thought was interesting and i'd be like okay i think i want to break this down and then I would send messages to Brian Anderson and Jesse Casino and Brian Floyd and be like, uh, okay, so this is what I think I'm seeing. And they're like, no, you're not actually seeing that. You're actually seeing this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it just kind of would be like that. And basically it would just, I would, I would basically be like a ghost writer. It's not really ghost writer cause I was making videos, but like a, like a ghost video writer for Brian and Jesse yeah. Who weren't well? They wanting... would be your ghostwriters. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, like, yeah, yeah. Like I was the one making the video, so I was like, yeah. Eh, you know, like look at it. Really, I'm just channeling Brian and Jesse because, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That didn't. That's why that didn't last very long. Because, yeah, uh, our pivot to video was uh, short lived. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah, jerks. Which, in, in case you don't know, Facebook lied about their face, their video impressions and stuff, yeah. and all these companies that pivoted to video was just a big farce. But, um, but uh, I don't know. Lots Espionation of good people lost sense. their jobs, and yeah, you know, were unemployed great, yeah. because Facebook was like, "Hey, video's good." And everybody it's like, did. Well, it. actually, no one's watching your video. We're actually, sorry. never mind. Just kidding. Nobody's we kind of lied about these. those numbers. Uh... Sorry. Just kidding. And then Mark Zuckerberg gets to sit in front of Congress and go, I regret that. I regret that. that. I regret that. That was unfortunate. Thanks, Mark. Let me let me fly out on my personal jet. As I go swim in my billions of dollars. Sorry. I regret it so hard. I regret that. So I much. regret my billions of dollars. Absolutely. I regret it. Uh, let's see. All right. So we should finish up. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple of recruits. Uh, one's a transfer from a junior college, but was at Oklahoma State and a former four-star guy. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch his video at all? No. And okay. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. I really have to fucking pee, dude. All like, right. Well, I'll talk while you pee. So, okay. okay. So CJ Moore from comes from, I don't know, a, a, some junior college. Doesn't really matter. Uh, but originally, uh, was at, or, uh, Oklahoma state for two years. So, um, was there for two years, red shirted, and then kind of had a bit part as a red shirt freshman, uh, goes the Juco route after that. And, and to be honest, if, if you're wondering like, well, how does a, you know, how does a four-star guy leave? Why does a four-star guy leave Oklahoma state? Is there some reason to wonder? Um, so he was kind of stuck behind some uh, upperclassmen guys 
And if you're not super familiar with Oklahoma State at this point, um, if you kind of think of them as a sort of a dynamic spread offense, uh, they are, except that it's very run heavy. Um, and it's 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 definitely kind of more of a traditional it's 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 kind of a pro style offense, except it operates out of a shotgun like like it's spread in the sense that they go shotgun all the time, but they go heavy a lot. Tight ends, uh, really physical run game. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Most people know who that is at this point. Um, you know, very talented physical runner. Um, so they, you know, most they're running two wides a lot. Um, in fact, I think I want to say last year they had, I think two guys who caught over 50 balls and that was it. Um, so definitely not a wide open passing attack, uh, going on at Oklahoma state. So not a shock that a guy who was, you know, maybe a former four star talented guy, maybe stuck behind, um, some upperclassmen, which he was both those guys who caught those, all those balls, uh, came back. So, you know, you're stuck behind those guys. So he transfers to a junior college. Uh, Nick Rolovich lands him, which is which is really kind of interesting because he's a tall guy, six five. Um, and we had actually just been having a conversation at Coug Center about tall receivers and the run and shoot and kind of wondering, you know, if maybe there's a little bit of an upper limit to the big guys, um, the kinds of big guys that WSU can recruit uh, playing in that offense where maybe you need to be a little shiftier. You need to <clears throat> make decisions on the fly you know, and, and maybe be a little more slippery, uh, watching this guy's high school video. Uh, he is slippery and it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause he's, you know, again, he's big, he's six, five, uh, but he's real long and lanky. He accelerates so smoothly and runs so smoothly. And to be honest, he reminds me a ton of, uh, of a bigger version of Tavares Martin. Um, and Tavares Martin mm-hmm. wasn't really a burner, but you know, you might remember some of the, you know, screen passes that he caught. Mm-hmm. where he'd catch it and then just sort of like make one little slippery move and then boom, he'd accelerate and he'd be gone. Um, and it, you know, as it turned out, he wasn't really actually that fast of a guy. I mean, you never really know these things until, you know, they measure him at a combine. And of course he, uh, when he went pro, they measured, he measured actually really, really slow, uh, right. for an outside receiver. So, um, this guy is actually faster than that and, but has very similar kind of body movements. Um, real, like I said, real shifty, quick acceleration for a guy with long legs. Um, really interesting, interesting, uh, prospect. So, uh, yeah, like, like I'm very excited about what he might, uh, what he might bring to the offense. So, so that's a very cool pickup. And then Craig, I think you're back. Uh, so we did get one other pickup and this one is the, uh, much more controversial pickup. Um, so we'll see how much we actually want to say about this, which probably isn't a whole lot, but, um, so WSU has added, a walk on to the roster, which is you know not unusual. But what's unusual about this one is he's a former four star guy who also had signed with Stanford. Um, now his situation is he had his uh, admission revoked to Stanford when Stanford went to investigate a uh, um, an alleged sexual assault that he was uh, a witness to or an apparent witness to, um, and the records were. Uh, basically the fam his family and all the other families of the of the boys involved in the alleged sexual assault uh basically sued to keep those records uh sealed and private and Stanford just kind of went nah not really worth the trouble and they just went ahead and revoked his admission so um he didn't land anywhere else eventually landed at Wazoo uh many many things so his name is Aiden Hector by the way 
Uh, many, many things are unclear about it. So it's unclear <laughs> how long he's been at the school. It's unclear how long he's been practicing with the team. Uh, what we know is that he played in the scrimmage and got a sack. Um, he's a defensive back, so he must, you know, must have been on some kind of corner blitz or something. Uh, so he, he'd been around long enough to play in a scrimmage and get a sack. Yep. So maybe he's been around for longer than anybody's letting on. We don't really know. Maybe they kind of didn't want it out there that he was on the team. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is based on reports, he was not directly involved with the assault, the alleged assault. Um, that doesn't make it okay necessarily. And I, uh, I don't know that I have much else to say about that. So how about you, Craig? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not really comfortable, um, uh, opining on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, we'll probably never really know um everything about it um he is here as a walk-on uh so yeah it's you know he's not getting a scholarship from wsu at least this year um it's um yeah it was obviously when it first came out you were like what the heck like what is this like how is wsu getting this four-star kid that was a walk like what and so now you know now you know why and yeah, I don't know. You know, some it's just um, add it add it to the list of things that make you uncomfortable, I guess. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I don't think either one of us are pretending that we know what happened, right? Yeah. Um, I also think both of us uh, tend to side with alleged victims. I think that's right. a pretty established uh, fact about you and I. Um, so you know. We know that something happened that night. Um, Nobody is denying that there was sexual contact. And the only question is whether it was consensual or not. And, you know, the girl is saying it was not consensual. And so at that point, it's like, you know, something happened and it wasn't good. And, um, you know, I think uh, it's pretty clear that uh, you know, I, I would guess that Hector, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I would guess that Hector uh, probably wishes he would have done some things differently that evening at this point. Um, he was 16 at the time. Doesn't excuse the behavior, but also, you know, 16 year olds, you know, do 16 year old things. And um, I guess like my overriding feeling about it and, and emotion about it is that it sucks. And somebody was hurt. She maintains that she was uh, assaulted. And so, uh, regardless of whether a you know criminal assault occurred and the prosecutor determined they could not prosecute the case um, regardless of whether a criminal assault occurred you know she feels like she was assaulted so that's that's enough for me and so you know Aiden I'm sure like I said uh, wishes he did things differently and um, you know here's to hoping that you know it's uh, it ends up not sort of uh, blowing up in WSU's face. And, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, you mentioned he's a walk-on and, and he, we've kind of emphasized that a couple times. And I think that's, I think that's a really important point um, that, you know, regardless of what happened uh, or, or regardless of whether a crime occurred, um, certainly Hector has paid some kind of price. Like I'm not, 
you know, I think I think that's worth acknowledging that, you know, Sakidu had a scholarship to Stanford that was revoked and now he's paying his own way at Washington State. So um, is it enough? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. These are hard questions. So um, I just hope it works out for everybody. And, you know, there are no winners here, as usual, in these sorts of things. So <sighs> is there anything else we missed? Yeah, what a, what a note to end on. Um, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I don't know. Do we have something? As, as if watching college sports wasn't already a, a bit of an um, uh, uncomfortable thing. Um, but, yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. What else is there? Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the actual games. Yeah. Uh, the big, I, the big 10 is playing football this yeah. weekend. I would expect we'll have a quarterback name by the way, by probably the end of this weekend. Rolovich yeah. said they were going to start prepping for Oregon state next week, yeah, um, which would mean, you know, he, he had said earlier that he wanted to make sure and have kind of have his starters in place pretty early so they could really truly prepare as, as much as possible to hit the ground running. So I would not be shocked if we had uh, if we had a quarterback name by the end of the weekend, probably, probably before you and I record again next. All right. So that's good. I suppose I'm rooting for no one. I just am rooting for them to be good. Yeah. Whoever it is. Not don't suck, suck please yeah. be awesome. That's all we ask is that that's you be awesome. Ask. That's all we ask. It's a modest, it's a modest request. <laughs> don't, all right, don't man. suck. Well, um, thank you to, and I wasn't there to talk to him, but thank you to Mark Alinsky for it's taking awesome. the time. It's awesome. You're going to love it when you listen to it. Late at night for him, too. Or, it is. Yeah, he's kind he's of a night owl, though. But, yeah. Um, uh, truthfully, I can't imagine he sleeps that well. But, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so thank you to him. Um, again, uh, our United campaign is this week. Coog Center, we have the info for you. Even if you just go straight to beatbrand.com, they have info. Again, like Jeff said, if you don't want to buy another shirt or a hoodie, if you maybe you already have a couple in the uh, in the closet, um, you can just donate straight to Halinsky's Cope and just let us know if you do, um, so we can count it as part of this campaign. Um, you know, let us know. Hey, I you know I heard you guys on the podcast and I, I donated, so just so we can count it as part of the yeah, campaign. But we'd love to we'd love to add it to the total. But also, uh, French Terry hoodie, man. I'm I'm stoked for it. They so, are pretty sexy. Yeah. I got to be honest. You know, if you don't have the sizing issues that Jeff and I have, yeah. just pull the trigger. If you happen to be an average-sized human, unlike an overweight 43-year-old and a, a really tall 30... What are you now? 36? 35? 35. 35. Sorry, dude. My bad. But, you know. Don't be adding the years ahead of time. I apologize. I apologize. My bad. <laughs> you know what's funny? I always feel like I always feel like uncomfortable now. Like even though my my age is in many places on the internet, like yeah. I always feel like uncomfortable. Like because you know those there's like very clearly like things people put on Twitter that are like trying to get your um, security question information. Yeah. Like what was your first car? And it's like you used to just be like, oh yeah, my first car was this. But now you're like, why do you want to know what my why first do you want car to know is, that? dude? <laughs> what was your first address? Did you used what to was live the street at you blank, blank, lived blank, blank, on? Blank, blank? What was the street you lived on first? <laughs> like, wh- totally. why? 
what what kind of conversation is this? I mean, first car is a normal conversation. Like I've had that conversation many times, but you know, usually it's with your friends and they're like, Oh sweet. I got your bank account. I got your bank account security questions. I'm good now. <laughs> Not that those are like very useful anymore. I feel like <laughs> you don't see those as much anymore. Not security as much. Questions. Not as much, but if it now has they- anything to do with, uh, you know, like your credit report, that's where they, they do ask you those. Cause yeah. Because they're like, yeah, like, did you used to live at blank street? Like, yeah. Anyway. All right, man. Follow us. Tweet us. Uh, yeah, review us. I'm, rate us. All that good stuff. Yeah. We got a nice uh, nice email from... Oh, shit. Shit. Oh, I can't remember. John, I think. John. His uh, name was John. Yeah, John. And he worked at the Paul Wolf Company. He works at... He works at sorry to dox you, <laughs> I about, John. I about died when I read that. <laughs> oh it was God. awesome. That was fantastic. He uh-huh. he says he listens all the way to the end of the show too, which means he's going so to hear he's this. hearing this right now, dude. Uh, yeah, so, I appreciate hi, John. the nice words. Thanks for writing us, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Made me laugh. Yeah. I pre- yeah, no one's, no, no one's... like in all sincerity, like it was a really nice email and it made me smile. And that was like these days, making me smile is like worth its weight in gold. So yeah, not, and, not that a smile is any kind of weight, but you know what I mean. And we haven't gotten an email in months on the podcast. I mean, obviously we haven't had that many shows, but so yeah, it's podcast versus VS. It's, uh, with a VS, not a, not spell out the word versus podcast VS, everyone at Gmail. Um, so you can send us nice things. You can send us mean things, but we'll probably either be snarky or ignore you. Yeah. Um, We'll probably tuck shit behind your back. Just so you know. Well, actually we'll probably tuck shit right on the podcast. Yeah. We might do that too. Like the one we got that said we should stop talking about politics. After we like spent like one minute talking about politics, <laughs> yeah, or you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't even remember yeah. what that was, but it was funny. Yeah, well, we've gotten a few of those. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, again, our, yeah, our I'm, usual I'm, graceful ending. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, buy United shit. Yeah. Or else. Or else. Or else. Go Kooks. Go Kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.